Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Fred Love of Pomegranate Podcast is brought to you today in association with the Who Knows Wins app. Do you have somebody in your family or in your life who thinks they are the absolute Nostradamus of guessing all the scores correct and all the games, getting all the results correct on any given weekend? Well, the Who Knows Wins app will be a way of you calling their bluff. What it is, is it's a social sports game where mates, friends, family, colleagues, you may name it, can pit their wits against each other for real money, but... Most importantly, for the all-important bragging rights of being that person who knows just that bit more about sports than everybody else. Um, You can use the app for free. It is a free app to download from the iOS and from the Android store. Um, If you don't have a custom league that you've set up yourself, don't fear. You can always play in in in-app leagues as well with the community that is there. And you can join one of those, just like this week's Pick 10 League has a £6,000 prize fund. That might be something that might interest you as well. You can keep on top of all the live action within the application with live updates and live score updates in real time, which is really, really handy. And so far, since its inception, over £2 million have been won on the application itself. Just a couple of things to mention too. You need to be 18 years or over to use the application. Application is available in the UK, so some of our listeners outside the UK may not be able to to avail of this application. And lastly, please, 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 please remember to gamble responsibly. So thank you once again to Who Knows Wins application. And now, let's go back to the podcast. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Well, good afternoon or good evening, good night, whatever time of the day it is, everybody. And welcome back to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast. It's been a while. It's been a while since we've been on. Um, didn't do anything in the build up to the Arsenal game. Didn't do anything after the Arsenal game. And we missed the team sheet tantrum for the Arsenal game. And 
I suppose just wanted to come on and chat to everybody about one or two little things. Um, I suppose that we've gone through. But firstly, we missed it for good reason. I was spending time with family, and to be honest with you, it's been ages since I got to meet up with uh, with uh, a lot of my family. So that came first over over Aston Villa, I think, and over doing podcasts. So I do apologise, but at the same time, I had a great crack. Paddy, how have you been keeping? I'm good, and I missed it for exactly the same reason. I got to spend St. Patrick's Day and a few days after with my family. So, um, good fun. Great, great to be out doing normal things again. And uh, yeah, all good. It certainly is. It certainly is. Yeah, yeah. And and you know what? In a way, in in some way, shape, or form, a game at the weekend. I suppose it, re- it was kind of nice to. To be able to watch it knowing that oh I don't have to do an immediate reaction podcast to it because uh, specifically for the first half because and we're going to start there we're going to talk about lots of different things lots of varied things having yeah. a few brews tonight um so we're going to talk about uh, lots of very little things but I think we better start with um with uh, with the Villa Arsenal game Paddy I've been on with Dan Bardell on Villa View and and I've kind of gotten it out of my my system although at the same time I'm a bit indifferent to the whole game because. Arsenal, I think, are a nice outfit. They're better than a nice outfit. They're a really, really good outfit. Anybody who plays off that Arsenal are, you know, that the, the Aston Villa are, um, or that the, the Arsenal were, were there for the taking or that we should have beaten them. I don't know. I don't know. They're, they're, they're playing well at the moment. Well, we could have beaten them and we did play pretty shite, to be honest with you, for the, for, for parts of the game. Um, They just have one or two players that make them tick. But, Paddy, What's the crack? What did you find about that game? Tell us all about it, and be please be kind to Andy Andy Madley. Uh, can we let that be the last mention of his name? <laughs> um, well, look, first and foremost, we missed the team sheet tantrum. So, yeah, uh, my initial thoughts were the team was set up badly from from the from word go. Um, I got to see the match live. Um, couldn't do a team sheet tantrum because I was with my family at the time, so in in Dublin, so I just wasn't in a position to to come on and do it. Which thankfully, well, it's e- it's easy for me to come back now and say that I thought this at the time, but um, I wouldn't have dropped Callum Chambers because the, there was nothing to base uh, performance wise on why he was dropped, and plus we went back to the two tens, which wasn't working for us in the past. And it left us very, very narrow up top, and it just left us completely toothless, especially in the first half of the game. So that for me was the beginning of the of the of the bad stuff, we'll say. And uh, it didn't get much better. It was it was it was dull. It was stale. The whole game I thought was dull and stale. If anything, uh, he won't be named made the game more exciting because he made some absolutely ridiculous decisions along the way. Um, starting off with the fact that the the goal came from a free kick in which Saka hit the ground very very easily, very easily, and uh, it it made me laugh. Well, it didn't at the time. It makes me laugh thinking about it now. But um, as as the whistle blew for the second half, Saka is walking off like this, talking under his his arm or his hand at, at Andy Medley, and we've heard afterwards from him. That he was looking for more protection. What do you need protection for when you're lying on the ground? The minute a minute contact takes place, you're lying on the ground. It's absolutely pointless. He couldn't have got any more protection than what he got. So, leaving leaving that aside, they did they did score from it. 
Um, ball went through a, a pile of players, so a lot of things at play. Um, I don't know if if you got a chance to watch that Emmy Martinez interview that was uh, that was shown last week, but he he talks about um, balls coming through a pile of players and deflection. I think that was playing on his mind. He was probably one step off being in the right place to to deal with it. I'm not blaming him with it. There was there was plenty of other chances for someone to go and close it down, but the ball ends up in the back of the net. But ultimately, comes because a linesman fails to make a decision, and the referee gives an absolutely disgraceful decision of giving a free kick. And that wasn't his worst decision of the game, but we'll get on to that later. But look, before this, before this seems like sour grapes and going all in on Arsenal, Arsenal, you know, played just so carefully at the weekend. They, they were obviously quite tired from Thursday night. I thought they saved their energy very well. They, they played without getting out of second gear. Uh, like I, I said recently, we, we won a couple of games without getting out of third gear. They didn't get out of second gear at the weekend. It was it was the most comfortable 1-0 win I think I've ever I've ever witnessed in my life. You always felt that... I don't know. You, you always felt that if we scored, they'd score another. That, that they'd just put the foot down and go for, go for another. You but know me, no, Paddy. You know me. Stick to the facts. <laughs> that's an intangible. Well, the, the facts. The facts are we lost one nil, and yeah, we, yeah, we didn't, we didn't get a shot on target until the ninety fourth minute. So that's the facts. Yeah. yeah. So um, I thought I thought Arsenal played played reasonably well uh, without having to exert themselves. They got the goal on on whatever it was about half an hour. Um, then we had the ridiculous uh, booking of Tyrone Mings three minutes later. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about that because, uh, like, uh, like, are we living in Cloud Cuckoo Land? Are we living? In, are we living? Like, are we? Is the game that different from last year, five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago? Like, we're we're not talking about John Giles in the seventies here. Like, uh, we're not talking about that type of a tackle here. We're talking about a pretty legitimate it, tackle. It wasn't even late. It wasn't even a tackle. Yeah. The, the only challenge involved is the challenge of Saka on Mings. He puts himself in the danger. It, it wasn't Tyrone Mings putting him in danger. He steps in the way of a guy kicking the ball. That's there's no other like I don't care. You go back to the days where it was off off your feet, off off your feet and out of control, isn't that what they used to say? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that went on for years. He was off his feet. Was he out of control? No, he was playing the ball. There was nobody in front of him. Saka runs across and puts himself in front of him. Tyrone Mings knows he doesn't have enough time to get there and take another touch, but he still had five yards on 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 Saka, who continues his run into the path of Tyrone Mings from the side. There's absolutely nothing in it. It's not even a foul. If it's a foul, it's a foul on Tyrone Mings for a late challenge by Saka, in my opinion. It's absolutely ridiculous. And for a man like that to walk off the pitch, covering his mouth, telling the referee he needs to be protected more, I'll tell you what he needs. He needs to go kick up the hole. Because if he was on, if he's on, well, do you know what? That's the way the game is gone. The game is gone that you're rewarded for cheating. And, you know, we saw Saka do it a couple of times. We saw Smith Rowe do it. We saw Odegaard do an absolutely ridiculous dive in his own half over by the sideline. And the linesman couldn't wait to get his flag up. And he had the best view of everybody in the stadium. And he and he gave it. So if that's the way the game is going, we've got to get a bit cuter, as Gary Neville would call it. 
and start doing it ourselves. But, but we so, I, and, and you know what? I will say it about Aston Villa that um, we got pilloried when we had Jack Grealish on our team. Like the people couldn't wait to say he went down too easy. People couldn't wait to say that he, you know, you look at games. Jack Reish was fouled an awful lot of the time. They weren't. Mm-hmm. They weren't like that. They weren't like that. Odegaard wouldn't you mention? They were fouled. No. He was fouled an awful lot of the time. That's mad. The way the narrative just shifts depending on who's been fouled. You know, it really is. It, it's mad yeah. that you know somebody gets fouled so much during the course of a pre- course of a Premier League season. They go, oh, he goes down too easily. No, he doesn't. He's literally getting the shit kicked out of him out in the field, and he gets yeah. up and he plays on. And you've got the other people coming off saying that they saying that they need to be need, need to be protected. Look, it's fine. Saka is a fine player. He's a good player. He's twenty years of age. He's got a lot ahead of him. I like Villa didn't kick him up in the air. If anything, Villa didn't kick him half enough in that game because Ashley Young was out there and Ashley Young was was really 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 nice sure. to him. Sure, he had the freedom of Aston out there. You know that's. That's that's another situation we haven't spoken about, which you would have talked about in, in the in the team sheet tantrum. Um, you know, it's there's loads of ways you can look at it, and I had a philosophy that we never got to do a, a preview of that game, but my my philosophy was bring Conza back in, but bring him in as a third centre half, but then. The whole world would have lost its shit. And Paddy, you know, we've been there already this year. I remember being down back oh, in the boys' club like, was a John B. Keynes in Listowel, County Kerry, doing a podcast with a lot of drinking me, going, Oh my god, the back is gonna cause mayhem. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's horses for courses, you know. It, with what we have, you know, he he's already managing his uh his setup based on who we're playing against. As a result, we went back to two tens instead of two nines. Um, so why not try that something different just to counteract the fact that you're playing one of the most well allegedly exciting uh, players, young players in the Premier League. So that that you know that was just an idea I had of how how you counteract it because Ashley Young was just at a complete loss. He he left them ten yards every time the ball went to him and then couldn't recover. And when he did recover, it was usually too late and he was already in the box. Look, people know my feelings and I'm 36-year-old, soon to be 37-year-old Ashley Young. It's mm-hmm. not that I dislike the player. It's I dislike the situation Aston Villa are in at this moment, having 36, soon to be 37-year-old Ashley Young playing at left-back. Now, he won't be playing at left-back, I would imagine, after international break, because Dina is back. But it's not a slight in him. It's not a criticism on him. But the facts are the facts, Paddy, that... He played the like the, the most games he ever played at, at left back in a season was twenty two for for Manchester United. I think I think it was two thousand and fourteen fifteen season. Before that, he'd only played one or two games sparingly, um, and their games started, should I say, not games he's played. So my my it's not even a criticism of it. It's just you know you have to look at something that when a man is thirty one when he first starts playing a position in defence. If you were to go back when we had him, he was 21, 22, 23, and say, would you like Ashley Young to be to be uh, tracking back to try and defend against somebody? Everybody would have said, absolutely no way. Keep him up there as central attacking midfielder yeah. or, or, or left, a left midfielder. And that's fine. Time changes, people. People can move back. I'm, I'm right in saying that Alan Smith moved back from striker to, to, to play for Manchester United as a defensive midfielder. I think Rooney did it as well later on in these years. I'm not saying yeah. it's impossible. But what I'm saying is that when you've got Luca Dean, who's eight years, I think it's eight years and nine days younger than him, that Ashley Young, and he's got he's out of the team, and you bring in Ashley Young, 
we can't expect miracles from Ashley Young in that instance. No, here no. we go. The reason I wanted to put that in there is because I've been consistent with this since Ashley Young signed. Been consistent with my view on him playing left back. I mean, I've an even poorer view of him playing right back. That's okay. I'm allowed to have that. I'm not going all in him. People are going to have different views. That's absolutely fine. I hope I'm proven wrong. I think he wasn't wasn't that bad after the goal in the game. And I know that's it's well and good being being not bad after the goal. But I think he wasn't bad after the goal. He blocked a couple of shots in the edge of the area. He got in and, and like threw his body at them and blocked them. And I thought one or two one or two times he did get forward. He laid in one or two good passes. If I if I remember rightly, he chipped one into the back post and Watson or not Watson. Um we Adi Watkins. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Ali Watkins uh was was at the back post and Gabriel got got in there in front of him. It was just a couple mm. of those balls I thought were actually nice into the box that he played. Um yeah. because they were a bit further back. But we're gonna have Luke Dean back, I think, for the next game. I'm not I'm not like I'm not castigating the guy. I'm just like my expectations for him are nowhere near what everybody else's expectations are. That's cool too. You know, and you know what, when he when he came back in we completely we we were we were happy enough to see him back in. We we I honestly didn't expect him to to play as many times as he did. And let's be honest, he's played the last three. What what's he in Italy? Three or four years? Yeah, yeah. As in, a wing in, back, I think as well. In, as a wing back in in a a ball playing league, it's not a rough and tumble running at you down the wing kind of league that the Premier League is. Completely different football, and in fairness, Inter were winning. It, it, sorry, not Inter were winning. It. Juventus were winning at a canter there, but now Inter did yeah. win it last season. Yeah, um, but you know, mm. look, there's a lot. There's lots of things with Ashley Young. He's got some really, really good qualities, but I think left back is. I'm just always going to be like looking at him through my hands like this. That's me. It's not anything to do with player, mm-hmm. and you guys can feel what, what way you want about him. But for me. Himself and Dina are poles apart with regards to the to the to the caliber and the quality of player that they are, um, and that's okay. And we've got somebody we're going to be talking about later on as well, a familiar face that we're going to be talking about later on. That, that I, I something came across, um, I came across today. But with regards to the Arsenal game, Paddy, I thought we did get into it later on in the game. Yeah, I know it was kind of like after the Lawmere show and stuff like that. And we the two tens, I agree with you. I don't think they worked. Um. I'm not quite like the the two tens are nearly becoming our can Watkins play with Ings uh, situation now. Can we actually play with two tens? Don't know. Can we? I, I I genuinely don't know if we can. Um, but Ings had a niggle, and you know he came off the bench in the end. But we looked to play an awful lot better when we when we went longer with the ball. Excuse me. Later on in the game. Yeah. I know people aren't going like a lot of people will watch games and they go, "Oh, we'd go long ball." That shows a lack of a lack of ideas. But if we come out of the game with a draw, if some butts can you nuts, I know absolutely. But mm. if we come out of the game with a draw, does that not show us that maybe we can mix it up or we can change it up based on a team like that? Because we could be trying to pass the ball through Thomas Partey all day long, and we would have looked like mugs. Hmm. Um, look, we we scored goals from from long ball situations this uh, this season since Gerard has come in. So that that the, that's nothing new. Um, when when the chips are down, um, it hasn't always come off. But we have we have scored a couple of goals. I remember, uh, Mings hit a very long one into Watkins, didn't he? Took a touch and was that. Yeah. 
Brighton, was it? Brighton? Could be wrong. Could be wrong. I think it was Brighton. Um, anyway, it look, for me, the, the biggest issue I had was when the ball went wide, we had nothing. We, yeah. we had our two, we had our two full-backs. Um, I think I saw, it was a Neil, not Neil Warnock. <laughs> it's the other Warnock's name that played for us. Stephen Warnock. Um um, did something on Monday on the TV and he, he was just highlighting the fact that Matty Cash was getting into positions to give balls mm, yeah. in, 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 be, in behind that, that you know, the, the, their fullback. But it was pointless. There was nobody there. So he, he's turning back inside and he's turning back into trouble and eventually losing the ball. And that's not Matty Cash's fault. That's the system's fault. The system the system didn't bring players Fair wide point. enough to come onto that. So, um, that's look, a super point, Paddy, actually, just, just before you move yeah. off on that. Yeah. The system... Doesn't allow us to do that at the minute. And the reason I say at the minute is because um specifically when we play Bundia and, and Coutinho, they aren't the ones that break into the box. When they do, it's fantastic. Like that that Coutinho at the back post lays the ball back to Douglas Louise, Douglas Louise scores the goal against Southampton, I think it was. Like that's joyful. That's brilliant when somebody's making a making a run past the past the, the center half. Um but and that's, this is not to say that either of those two players are bad players. But what ha- what was happening at the game, and when we play two tens and a nine, um, it's up to Ollie Watkins to make that run. So Ollie Watkins would have been the man that was making the run that I that Matty mm. Cash was playing the ball into, like down the side of the defender. And then who is he crossing it into? Like, are we really going to cross it into five foot eight Bundia, five foot eight um, Philip Coutinho? No. Like, like you see, the, and so the system is good. The players we have, the system is okay. The players we have are good. I just don't think that we're as um, experienced. Or I'm going to even probably even call it cultured. That's not the word I'm looking for. We're just not as experienced in that system. Um, I, th- I think plain and simple, Neil, we're, we're short players to do it. That's, that's I, the, I, 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 We're short not, players. Not, not short players. We're short, 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 short quality. Players. We're short quality to, to, to do it as well. In, Small as players, in, Paddy. Paddy. There's nothing wrong with the, the two short players you mentioned, I've no problem with, but even even Ollie Watkins is not going to win those 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 headers in the air either. And yes, so when you say yeah. we're short players, we're mm. missing that physical beast. Not even a beast. We're missing like, see that guy that Spurs signed. Could have the guy with the K that starts with the K that plays in the wing. Like he's a winger and he's six two. Yeah, you know that he looks he looks out of place out there because he looks physically not like a winger. He's bloody brilliant. Was brilliant at Spurs. Was or was brilliant at, at Parma. Was brilliant at Juventus. He's he's Sweden's next next white hope. You know, um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that every player is going to be like that. But could you imagine if he was steaming in off the wing at the back post, as opposed to Emi Buendia? No, don't get That's me wrong. Buendia scored a with the likes likes of Yaramalenko. Not this time, yeah. but you've seen him coming in off that wing. He's yeah. a big brute of a man as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. sure. And, and, and like, and look, I'm a, I'm absolutely fine with two short tens, but if if should it be two short tens, maybe not. I don't, I don't believe that's ever going to work. I think that's Stephen Gerrard' preferred way to play with the two tens. But if I think if we're going to play with two tens, we need a bigger striker. So where where does he come from? I have absolutely no idea. But um, we've strikers there capable of doing the job that we need done. And for me, that need that that is Buendia sitting in the ten role with the two strikers pulling left or right both ways, um, when, whenever required, 
and we just didn't have that that outlet on Saturday, and that's what ultimately outdone us in the final third. Well, you know it won't be Paddy is uh, it won't be Jermaine Defoe because he retired. So thank Not God so he can he can never he, we can never hear in transfer deadline day that he's holed up in a, in the Belfry um, <laughs> in a, in some hotel room in the Belfry again. Um, but yeah, Jermaine Defoe. Uh, 39 years of age and he retired that just one last thing on the arsenal game paddy um like we talk about measuring sticks and we talk about this like against west ham it was gas we were coming off a three-game winning streak and everyone was saying oh we go out against west ham no we win against west ham we really announce ourselves towards the big boys Mm -hmm. nobody said that if we go out and win against arsenal we, we, we announce ourselves so what i'm getting back at here is I felt kind of indifferent enough after the game when we had lost. I knew the performance was poor. You could like uh, we. I knew the performance was poor, but we still could have came away with a draw. We I could firmly have, believe yeah. that. I firmly believe that that Arsenal are Arsenal are, have a soft underbelly. They play some great football. Emil Smith Rowe is a gem of a player. He's just mm-hmm. brilliant. Like signs on that we were in for him for fifty million at the um uh, during the summer and like. He's just he's just really 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 good, and they're talking about Sacco and Sacco, Saka, sorry, and he had a great game. Emil Smith Rowe just pulls all of the strings inside there. He's fantastic, and yeah. to have him there, diminutive player, which is fine. They have Lacazette up top, um, they have Odegaard who's not diminutive, but Thomas Partey to be able to pile through from midfield and know that Granite Jack is back there to mind the house. That's huge, and that's what Aston Villa are missing. Mm. Just the difference, the diversity and physical specimens, I think, inside there uh, will really open up one or two things uh, within yeah. the team. But, uh, you know, we, we'll, have, we'll have more measuring sticks. I, I, don't, I never thought that any of those games, the game against West Ham or the game against Arsenal, would be a measuring stick as to where we are. Um, realistically, all it literally but, does is tells us how far away we are from the top six. You know, it's, it's, it's I, not... It's, I, it's it's not a it's not a it's not a rocket science thing. We we have I don't think we've, we other than Man United we haven't beaten anyone else in the top six this season, have we? And and we, and we all know they're they're only up there because they've been getting all those decisions earlier on in the season to keep them in 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 check. But look, I, I want to move on from the Arsenal game because it absolutely bugged the shit out of me but for a number of reasons. The, the one th- the one thing I just wanted to say beforehand is the reason I'm, and the reason I brought up the West Ham game is. West Ham are playing that system with, with David Moyes for the last two, three seasons. Arteta has finally got his system working in yeah. Arsenal. Now they're seeing they're reaping the rewards. We changed manager in October. So when oh, you change the manager, time. yeah. That's and that's what I'm saying is that yeah. you know a lot of people are saying clear clean house. And yes, we may see four or five players leave this summer, and we're going to mm-hmm. talk about at least one of them when it when it comes up. See a couple of comments there as well, guys. About McGinn, maybe McGinn shouldn't shouldn't be our, our, our that that that's fine. You you guys could be right. We're not we're not we're not going to discuss yeah. that. And there will be a clean out. I think there will be an extra strike. I think we'll sign at least one player in every single line in the in the summer, if not two players in midfield. But the thing I'm the the, the point I was making was that Arteta was panned for being or he came in Guardiola light, and then people were kind of ridiculing him. Can he really get Arsenal over the home? He looks like he's going to do it this season. He's going to get him back into Europe. You had David Moyes, shit season with Sassiadad, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we had the, the Sunderland debacle. He had the Man United debacle. He's now found his, found his niche at, at West Ham. That, and, and you said it, Paddy. In two, three years' time, 
we spoke about the, the this system, the two tens. Do we know is it going to work? Who knows? I'm willing to give it time. This year was is going to be a year of very much experimentation. If we finish in the top half experimenting and then go out and open up the Wanga at, uh, during the summer, well, then we can all be excited going into next season as well. Just like we were excited going into this season. Oh, yeah. Well, look, at it. don't get me wrong. I'm still excited about the project that's ahead. I just think there's a couple of decisions being made which I wouldn't make. Like what I said about Chambers, like what I said about the two tens. That that's yeah. just my opinion. As a coach, if if it's working, don't fix it. We weren't particularly bad against West Ham, but you know, changing changing it for the sake of changing it, I I, I don't think they done uh, Callum Chambers any favors either. Dropping him against his old team, having played so well for a few games, which I was disappointed from his point of view. But it's, you know, I, you mentioned there uh, Jam again a, a few call outs there in the comments. I'd like to mention the best challenge of the game, and that was him putting Lacazette on his fucking arse, because that's where that fucking useless arsehole needs to be. The only thing that man is good for is getting in the referee's ear. He is a poor goal scoring record. He's not even a false nine. He's a false player, and I don't, I don't know how he's the Arsenal captain. Can you imagine how good they'd be with an actual striker? It would be unbelievable. He's absolutely well, terrible. But the referee let him boss the game. Your man at the weekend let him boss the game and it was an absolute disgrace. So despite the fact that, yeah, John McGinn didn't have a really good game, he put that fucker on his arse and that made my day. And I'm, I'm going to move on for it now and I'm going to say those fickle fuckers didn't want Arteta. They panned him from day one and now blown smoke up his arse. Get a fucking life. Get behind your project. No matter what team you support, your manager goes in there, get behind him. It does eventually come good if your manager's good. If it's not good, they'll fuck him out like the rest of them. So there you go. Rant over for today. And I'm the one on the beer. That's <laughs> <laughs> Although that could be a Falcon Cook. Yeah. But Arsenal no, said, no oh, beer Arsenal be like, what would Arsenal be like if they had a striker? Um, there's a guy in Barcelona. He seems to be tearing it up at the moment. Um, what's his name? Pierre Obama. Yeah, something like that. He looks he looks like he's good. I think they, yeah, I think they should, they should look at signing him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, Paddy, lying under Arsenal. Let's focus on something a bit more positive. I want to give a shout out to the Villa and Proud guys. Villa and Proud guys were um, recognised with National Diversity Award. Um, the club at Aston Villa, the whole ethos, what am I going to, what am I going to call it, the whole kind of community around Aston Villa is fantastic. Like we do an awful lot of talking about football. Obviously, because they're asking for the football club. But mm. what, like the other kind of offshoots of the club, like the Aston Villa Foundation, you've got Punjabi villains, you've got Villa and Proud. These are so important to create a wholesome, um, I suppose, a family attitude towards a club, you know, a, a club of inclusion, a club of diversity. They're talking about, you know, I, I read a great article by James Rushton recently about maybe the, re, the re, um, development, excuse me, of Villa Park. Talking that he had actually spoken to somebody who was a disabled user who goes to Villa Park and he has to keep his season ticket because if he ever, ever, ever doesn't keep his season ticket, there's like you talk about um the backlogs for, for able-bodied people, the, the the people who 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 go there maybe in wheelchairs and have the have um have, have the disabled this disabled sp spots, they really can't let up their season ticket because if mm. they lose it, they'll never ever get it again. The lack of those spaces and stuff like that, and all the the the, the conversation and the um, consultation that the club has with those. But Villa and Proud to be, um, we've had we've had uh, Villa and Proud on, on on the podcast before, and 
I'll be a very, very big advocate of all that they do with the with driving inclusion within the club as well. It was great to see them um, honoured with the National Diversity Award. So um, I just wanted to bring that up because, you know, you talk about your club and people can be proud, can be, can be you know, proud of your club and what they do, but it's what they do in the community as well. And it, the offshoots that they have, as I say, is is mm. is nothing short of fantastic. And Villain Proud is, is, is just another one of those. So uh, um, great to see it. Uh, fantastic to... Um, to have them involved with the club or, or, or associated with the club, and long may the club have a have a good history of inclusion, diversity, and um, you know, and just making it making it a place where everybody can come and everybody can be happy and and, and enjoy themselves at. So exactly. that's my piece of it. And look at you know, it's right to be proud of our club. Our club is a special club, and it, it includes everybody, as you say. And you know, you mentioned the disabled um, fans that come and watch us week in week out. There's going to be a whole lot more of them once that North Stand is built. There's going, yes. to, be, there's going to be a huge amount of them included in that, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, the club are constantly growing. Lions clubs is nearly 100, and, I think there's 110 last count Lions clubs spread mm-hmm. throughout the world. You know, we're, we're very, like, the newest one being in Brazil. Funnily enough, we have two Brazilian internationals in our team. Um, and I know one of our regular listeners, Connor, is is highly involved in that. Yes. Um, so you know the, the the club is worldwide. It's just it's just about getting uh, the the right the right uh, let, let's say uh, match on the pitch, um, you know, and whatever whatever that takes in the summer, I think I think we'll see us move to the next level. Maybe not into top six just yet, but we'll definitely take it up a notch next year. So it's you know all of these are all cogs of the wheel. It's all about bringing on new fans. It's all about. Um, getting the newer generation around Villa Park, uh, supporting Aston Villa, getting getting new kids in that have never been there before. That that's what makes our club special. Couldn't agree more, Paddy. Couldn't agree more. And you know what? I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You mentioned about well, we've we've spoken a bit about the summer, and it's been a while since we podcasted. You know, it's been a while since we've done one, um, and obviously it would, you know, we've got an international break, so um, we're going to need to fill time over the next couple of days or so on. But the whole transfer window is beginning to kind of ratchet itself into into full swing again. Um, bit of bits and pieces going on. We come to we come to players that aren't actually in the club at the moment. But we'll talk about two players first, and the first one is uh, an outgoing. And I wanted to mention him because he comes up quite an awful lot in our team sheet tantrums, Paddy, and a lot of people are asking, what's he have to do to get a game? 
Um, Morgan Sanson has been linked with a move back to Nantes, uh, back to France, but to Nantes. He didn't play with Nantes previously, but linked with a move back. Um, we uh, a lot of fans talk about or we need to bring in better players. We excuse me, we need better players in midfield. It's going to be a bit of a clear out. I would think that Morgan Sanson would, would still have high enough value in his home country. Um, and, and it's somebody that we could recoup at least some money back for, you know, a, a, a decent wedge back for. I think the question I'm trying to ask here, Paddy, is that um, is it a trick that we've missed with Morgan Sanson? Or is there any, do we have any factual basis to say that he would have ever really taken the Premier League by the scruff of the neck if we were to let him go, that is? Um, first of all, um, what, what happens in the summer, we've, we've absolutely no control over. But what I would like to see over the next nine games that we have left is the man given a chance. He's never really had a run in the team. I'd like to see him put in for two or three games just to see what he has to offer. He has been incredibly unlucky since he got here with injuries. He had no preseason, came back, got injured again. I think he got COVID in there. You know, I, 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 I'm reluctant to say anything bad about him. Um, obviously, as I say many times on these podcasts, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know what he's doing in training. But what I will say is, I don't believe that this management team have seen enough of Morgan Sanson playing in Claret and Blue to make a decision on whether we should keep him or not. And that's why I'm saying two or three games, put him in there. Give give McGinn a rest. Give JJ a rest. Whatever that is, um, the Camba back in next week. I see someone asking in the in the comments there. Apparently, he's back in full training and should be available for 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 Wolves. Whether whether he comes back in or not is another story. It, it might it might it might be a case of throwing him in for sixty minutes. I believe. Don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. I believe there's a friendly on uh, next Wednesday for for the players who are who are there. So I presume the Camba is going to get a run out in that one. So we'll probably uh, hear more about that during the week. They did say I know there was a tentative start of April date given, but it would be nice to see him back. We might see him step yeah. back in the field for a game or two. Um, yeah. Interesting. Well, look, well, look, we were talking about Sanson, and I, I, I kind of deviated a bit away from it. But that—that's my opinion on him. I would hate, it, it, you know, this time next year to see him tearing up link ah, and and us to go, yeah, we missed the trick there. You know, no, he's Champions, no. Champions League footballer. Um, he's on the radar of the national team. He played at a really good level. What he just has not had any luck since he got here. But some people say you create your own luck. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know if he's been uh, argumentative or disruptive or whatever is going on. But for some reason or another, he hasn't got a chance. And we've only got to trust the management that they've gone through all that process. But without letting him go cheaply, let's see what he has first. Now, Paddy, you mentioned that he we don't want to see him go back and tear up league on. He's a Champions League player. Um Lacazette tore up League One. He was a Champions League player as well. So playing when he was younger, <laughs> when he was younger. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. But uh, no, I know what you mean. Look, um, yeah. I am, I'm, I'm still a big fan of Sanson. I am. I just, I, I, like he's not a six. 
I, I will I will stand over the fact that he cannot come in and play the Douglas Louise role better than Douglas Louise can, or any significantly better than Douglas Louise can. I have nothing. I would love if he could. Don't get me wrong. I would absolutely adore it if he could. I have nothing to base it on based on anything he's ever done in his career to say he can come into that position and be better than Douglas Louise. I don't. I have nothing to base it. I have nothing to base it on that Douglas Louise can come in and play play better than Douglas Louise in the position that he can play in 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 the Premier League. But that's what I'm saying. That the conflation of he played against there against Chelsea, I think it was in the cup at the start of the season. He came off then with a hamstring injury, and he was yeah. he looked good. He looked good. He played in the midfield, but I just like like longevity wise and the whole lot of his career, defensive midfield has not been his bag. It really hasn't been. It's been number eight. It's been a, a, a wide right. It's been a central central midfielder. Um, mm-hmm. you know that's really where he's shone when he's played. Um, I would love him to come in. I'd love him to get a chance. Give him a chance there. I'm, I'm, I'm okay to see him there, but he's not the great white hope at number six. Um, so when you mentioned the Kamba being back in, in training, that would be fantastic. It would be nice to see him get minutes. And look, hey, I'm even going to say it. Let's go Let's go full throttle. Give Tim. Give Tim some minutes back there because yeah. the club see him as a, as a six. The club have mm-hmm. more or less said, you are a six. And let's see, let's see minutes. Give him minutes. Like give him minutes. I want to see him. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna petition the club as of now. I'm going over to the Norwich game. I want to see Tim in, in the sixth position for when and, Dean and Smith look, comes back to Villa Park. Let's let's be fair. Tim got minutes. Tim got a chance. He did very well. Yeah, five minutes. Well, he got he got eleven, did he? Whatever it was, which turned into sixteen. And when you add on the injury time, he he did well. He did very well. And and. Let's, and he signed a new contract on the back of it and fair play to him and I'm delighted for him and he's one for the future and I'm absolutely sure that he's in their thoughts but I would like to see Sanson get his chance just give him two or three games let's see what he has to offer if, if there's nothing there to offer let him go to Nantes with our best wishes but I, I do feel sorry for him I think I think there's a smashing player in there everyone I've ever spoken to about him in in, in talking about his past says that he's a smashing player. So it's just a pity. If you remember, uh, I think AVB was going to... Did he actually yeah. quit in the end over the... the... Had he then tried to burn down the training ground when they sold him? Yeah. In Marseille? Yeah. So, look... He tried to burn down the bloody training ground when they sold the him. Guy, the guy obviously has something really special to offer. We just haven't seen it. And that's what's worrying me, is that we, we let this one slip through our fingers and it comes back to haunt us. We got him for a song. A 15 million, they were absolutely, as you said, trying to burn down the track. They were rioting in the streets trying to keep this guy, but the deal was done. I, as far as I know, I think AVB was re- threatened to resign or did resign. I, I just can't remember what happened in the it end. Did. It yeah. was tied to the San San thing. It was tied, it was tied to a lot of things, but the San San thing was kind, of, the like, final it was kind of like, yeah, it was kind of like when Martin O'Neill left after Milner was sold and, we, and he didn't want Stephen Ireland back. In, mm. in return, and he got Stephen Ireland. He goes, "Oh, that's ties out the pram. I'm gone." Uh, or they wouldn't reinvest the money. There's there's so many stories about that. I, I shouldn't even mention yeah. it because we're 40 minutes into a podcast, and we could be here till Wednesday if we started talking about Martin O'Neill. Um, and look, when we'll finish, we'll finish this bit on, on Sanson by saying I, I want to see him playing as an eight. I don't want to see him to put in yeah, there to Douglas Luiz. I want to see him play in his position, which well, his position oh, is probably a bit further wide. But if he's going to fit into our system, it can only be as an eight. So put him in there and let him see what he can do. 
if we're going to go back to the three across the middle where Ramsey um, patrols the left and McGinn patrols the right, Sanson, give McGinn time off. Like we. McGinn, we know what McGinn can do. If we do get to a situation where we've consolidated ninth or tenth in the league, I don't think we'll get there in the next four or five games, six games anyway. But let's just say for the last two games, you play him and you let him see what he can do out there. I I, I, I think he could come in and give you, definitely give you 85% of John McGinn. Mm. You know, um, out there. And, and, and look... Who's, who's to say he won't give us... 120 percent of John McGinn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's 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 what's eating away at me is that he just hasn't been having that opportunity to do it. And I think Mm. there's a player in there, and and I think from what I've, if you remember that game against Chelsea where he came off after 40 minutes or so, he he was in the shake up when when the commentators were talking about man of the match that day. Mm. (laughs) You know what I mean? So. There's there's a player there. Let's let's see what he can do. Yeah. So don't uh, I I'm not writing them off just yet. I might be writing off the next player you're gonna mention about an incoming, but we'll get to that. <laughs> no, not yet. No, no, we've we've won out one more potential outgoing yet, and we'll be talk about that in the next couple of moments. But um with the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Carney, Paddy. Talk to me about Carney. Look, it's it's such a back and forth, you know. Some days mm. he looks like he's not going to sign. Some days he looks like he is going to sign. Today, the, the 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 murmurings out of Villa Park are that they're going to offer him a, a hefty package to try and keep him. They want to keep him. I come. I, I'm going to say I very rarely come onto a podcast and play the pantomime villain. I I just I don't like it. I like to be natural. I like to be authentic. And I was on the Villa View with Dan. Um, last week and I did I, I Dan didn't even know I was going to do it I just did it mid, mid midstream because uh we, we were chatting I was actually trying to get under his skin a bit but <laughs> I started I started talking about Kenny oh what has he done you know does he deserve it and all this kind of stuff and then he goes out and he pings two in against against Ireland and to be honest with you he looked like a man amongst boys in that game I watched that game he was bloody excellent against Ireland mm. for the under 19s he was he was better than excellent he was it was unfair. He was a cheat code in the game, to be honest with you. He was brilliant. Well, the, the key the key thing, what you just said there, is it was against Ireland at under nineteens. The guy thinks he the guy thinks he's a senior a senior member of the squad that can come in and play games. The issue I have is the murmurings. Where's the murmurings coming from? <coughs> yeah. I don't think I don't think they're coming from him. I think they're coming from an agent. I could oh, be yeah. wrong, but it just smacks of it coming from an agent. 
Kearney needs to come out and make a statement. You know, I, I don't mind that he was making any statements. They usually make no, a bollocks of it, to be honest but like, with you. But I know what you mean. The statement is, yeah, I, I, I'm moving on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find a fresh challenge where I'm gonna get more chances. I don't know how many chances you need at 18 years of age. If you're good enough, you're gonna be in there. Especially with a player like Steven Gerrard, he obviously admires him. He obviously likes him, but he's got it. He's got to dethrone a Brazilian and Ar- Argentinian international to get into one of those positions. So, uh, is, is there is there a lack of opportunity there for him? Maybe. Is there potential there for him? Absolutely. But go and sign your contract because you, he is not going to get into a team in a better position than Aston Villa are right now. He is not going to be signing for an Arsenal, a West Ham, or anyone above that that pay grade, let's say, in, in the Premier League. He's got he's gonna be he's gonna be snapped up by a champion a championship team or a lower Premier League team. And then he's in a solid fight week in, week out. I think if he stays and works on his on his game with some of the best coaches in the game, one of the best midfielders ever to play the game, I mm. think there's huge potential here for him. If he doesn't want this, bye bye Kearney. Good luck. He goes with my blessing. I couldn't give a shite if that's the case. Uh, keep talking, Paddy. I'm trying to find out who his agent is. I was looking at it today as well. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, but you know, it doesn't really matter. These Mormons are coming from I, somewhere. I think it does. I think it does. I think it does. Because you probably um, find he has the same agent as Jack Grealish. <laughs> I can't figure I can't see who it is. Does he not have one? He does, does he not have one? I saw it today. I found out. No, it was. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. If anybody knows who his agent is, let me know. Um, yeah. Right. Um, my thoughts on Carney, my real thoughts on Carney are, I've, I've said it before, he can be a bit slow. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Um, lots of players have, have, have not been like Boyaka Saka, Saka on, on the left wing and been able to run up and down. Um, there's definitely a player in there. Uh, I'm going to say something about, about Carney now. And what, like, if I was talking to Carney, I would say, Kearney, Jacob Ramsey, two years ago when he was your age at 18, what was he getting off the bench for Aston Villa? What was he doing? Where were the stars in these eyes two years ago? Yeah. Nowhere. He was after coming back from loan with Doncaster. Um, Last year, Jacob Ramsey, people were unsure about him. They were wondering why it was him coming on and not Kearney coming on. Maybe that's why Kearney feels like he's a bit, you know, that he deserves the big contract. But now this year, look at Jacob Ramsey. How many goals he scored? Six goals in the Premier League. How many minutes has he played? I don't know. He must have played. He must have played 13, 14 hundred minutes for Aston Villa in the Premier League this year. He's he's one of the first names in the team sheet. We're ta- we've just Paddy. We've just spoken about dropping John McGinn before. We've spoken about jo- dropping Jacob Ramsey. Twenty years of age came yeah. up through the came up through the academy. So if you feel that there's no pathway to the club, and you're looking at Jacob Ramsey, who I think. If you were to talk to any coach in the club, they would probably say that Carney Chukwueke at 18 years of age has a, has a higher skill set than Jacob Ramsey did at 18 years of age. But Jacob Ramsey had the work rate, and Jacob Ramsey got in there. And when Jacob Ramsey got in there, what did Jacob Ramsey do? He dug his feet in there, and he stayed. And he stayed. So when you talk about when you talk, oh sorry, that was my elbow. That wasn't me banging the table in fury. Um, that wasn't you your talk- point. That's all I heard about. <laughs> I'm a good Irishman. I never. That's that's all that's always in in, in safety. Um but when you're talking about when you're talking about pathways to the team, so the thing that the thing that annoys everybody about this whole saga is the phrase pathway to the first team was mentioned. 
and it couldn't have been further than the truth. He said, if I'm not mistaken, and I have no, I've nothing up here in front of me, Kenny is 11 games played for Aston Villa this season. Yes, they have been the substitutes. He was brought on against Manchester City. He's been brought on in good games. He's been brought on in games where he should shine. He's played very well in some games. In other games, mm-hmm. yes, he's come on and hasn't had time to time to, to to show himself. Last year he was pivotal in winning an FA Cup with the under 18s. And and this year he's been fat, he's been like call call it what you want. As an 18-year-old, he's been fast tracked to the Premier League. He's not a Wayne Rooney. He's not a Raheem Sterling. He's not yeah. a I'm trying to think about it. He's not he's not a Fabregas. He's not no. like He's a brilliant player. He's a potential to be a brilliant player. And at his age, he's fantastic. These guys are actually the most nuts, like those guys that were that were fast-tracked the team at that age. And that's fine too. Mm-hmm. So from my from my view, Terry Chuck Mwaka can be whatever he wants to be in, 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 in world football. He really can. I, I I genuinely believe he can be whatever he wants to be. He's got both feet. He just he plays with his language style. He could be Paul Pogba. He could be. And let's face it, Paul Paga is has, has made a fantastic living, and and you know a lot of people would name him in the world levels. I wouldn't. And we're going to talk about him in a moment over a spurious link. But Kenny Chukmaker for me is if he stays with Aston Villa, I'd be absolutely over the moon. And I think we need to keep him. I think we need to keep him for the specific point of view of because he was so good in that under 18s team last year. I want to keep a lot of those players. And I don't know if Kearney starts maybe shoving out his elbows and the club let him go. Are we going to lose some other players from that team? And I think that we've lost a lot of players from the youth team previously. Do you not find, uh, it, compl- do you not find it really disheartening to, to listen to that? Uh, like, at the moment, we it, it it's only attributed to somebody. We don't... We, nobody has actually come out and said yeah. he's, he's not... He thinks he's not getting the, enough game time. Like he's eighteen years of age. If he's causing that disruption at eighteen years of age, I I can't imagine that's something that Stephen Jarrett is going to put up with. I think he's just going to go. Well, Carney, if you if you don't think we've given you enough, fine, we we let you go in the summer and we we'll recoup a few quid that we 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 would lose on future uh, transfers. Um, he's over eighteen. It won't be a tribunal. It will be a proper transfer fee. We probably we probably have to give something back to. Whoever it, is, would, uh, it wouldn't because it'd be a free transfer, so it would still be tribunal because he's been with clubs since before the age of sixteen. But no, so. but we get half nothing. Yeah, but like it's we, not a free transfer. He's another year left on his contract, doesn't he? No, I think he does. Yeah, I think he's free to talk to people. All right, but not. He's not. I think he has another year, as far as I'm aware. I could be wrong. <laughs> Yeah, we should have we should have a bit more. Anyway. I, I I should have told you we were going to talk about Carney and we could have been prepared for it, but it just popped into done, my mind. Done a bit more <laughs> I saw someone put it into the chat there a moment ago. But I also saw someone put it into the chat a minute ago there about Russian Hepburn Murphy. And I will not have oh, the dear. Hepburn Murphy slander. He's out in Cyprus and he scored five goals in twenty three games for Paphos. And I think we'd all like to be out in Cyprus at this moment in time. But if I remember <laughs> rightly, I, I think he scored something like nine goals in a friendly in his first game he ever played for Paphos. Um, and I thought we were after losing out on an absolute gem, but um, I Paddy, do we have anything to give away? We don't. Fuck it. No. I thought we, if we had something to give away, um, it would have been a quick fire one where you couldn't use uh, Google. But Paddy, I'll give you all my love and affection, Paddy. If you can, if you can tell me how many, uh, how many times Russian Hepburn Murphy played for Aston Villa. Okay. 
I'm going to say he played six games. Higher! Have another guess. Uh, well, I can only remember him having one really good game and we all got really excited and then he did nothing again after that. And I actually came across him after games a couple of times and he had this huge big entourage around him and I remember seeing it thinking... You're going nowhere, lad. You're going nowhere with all those hanger-ons hanging out of you. And he, I was proved correct. He was He's hanging on out there in Paphos, and he's probably found his level. And I, I bet you those hanger-ons aren't hanging around now. Am I right in saying, I think Ireland sounded him out previously. So why wouldn't they with a name like Murphy? <laughs> yeah. He played 13 <laughs> times for Aston Villa Football Club, Patrick. That's how many times he played. 13 <clears> times. I'm, I'm surprised at that. Yeah. Mm. He's also the youngest player to ever play for Aston Villa. Still. Yeah, well. I don't know. I don't know. Does he do his entourage update his wiki? Wikipedia page. (laughs) That's what I'm looking at. I can't think of anyone. When I I say entourage, he, he he came out after a game twice, I thought, with about 20 lads around him, 20 mates. And I just thought, that's 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 not how you you need to knuckle down. You need to forget about all these people. You need to knuckle down. You need to make yourself a footballer. But it just never worked out for him. Never worked out, right? So Gabby had a big entourage and he car- carved out a decent enough career, but he worked very hard at the start. Yeah, and luck is an awful lot to do with it as well. I think with, with with some of those positions. So yeah, so we're pro Kearney staying anyway. That's the that's the position of this podcast. I'm, I'm if, you, if he wants to. Right now. If he wants to. Let's go on to some incomings. One word answer, Paddy. Does do we announce Coutinho before? Do we announce that we've done the deal with Coutinho before the season ends? Yes. Good. So I wanted to hear. I think we do too. I think what'll happen is the deal is done. What people are forgetting is the deal is done. There's an the agreed is, fee. Yeah. But but the deal is done in principle, I should say. Okay. So it eventually comes down to is Philippe Coutinho happy enough to play at those wages and is he happy enough to play with Aston Villa? And I can't answer about the wages, but I get the feeling he's happy enough to stick with Aston Villa and the project that Stephen Gerrard has on the table for him. So my answer is yes, we do it before the season ends and yes, he will stay. Okay. Okay. I agree. I would like him to stay. I just like him not to have as many days like he did at the weekend. That would be fantastic for me. But then again, Philip yeah. Coutinho has played ten games for Aston Villa Football Club. One of them he didn't start. The very first game against Manchester United came on, affected the game with a goal and an assist. Did he assist? was it a goal and assist in his first game? He's played nine yeah. games where he started, and of those nine games, he's been substituted in four, if not five. Of those games, possibly more, yeah. Well, we're not seeing it. We're, like, like as I say, Phil Coutinho has oodles more to give. Um, but I think the weekend just shows that if we're going to just funnel the ball through Coutinho and hope that our team is going to win because he gets the ball, we'll be we will be very sad, and he, we will look back at him as being maybe not the player that we thought we were signing. So, maybe and those around him. Maybe it comes down to what you said about Ings having a bit of a, a, a bit of a knock or, or whatever they said was wrong with him. That we didn't play too up top. 
But I, I think he flourished when we played one in behind the two. I think there was a whole lot more space for them. The two strikers pulled players out of position. They couldn't stifle the midfield like they did against West Ham, like they did against Arsenal at the weekend. There was just no space for them. And I don't think you're getting the best out of, of Philip Coutinho if that's how it's going to be. So 100%. two strikers every week for me. If it's Ings and Watkins, if it's going to be Archer and, and a another, whatever whatever they choose to do, whether they bring in, I don't know, Luis Suarez, whatever, whatever he wants to do, because... Whatever he does, I'll get behind him anyway. Um, but there's there's been there's been a few abject performances there, and I I put that down to tactics at the weekend for sure. And I don't blame Philip Coutinho for having a bad game because there was just no space. I agree. I agree indeed. Paddy, which one will I go to? Okay, we'll go with the lazy one first. I hope you're giving me one more answer on this too. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Pogba, Paddy. Apparently, we're going to rival Barcelona and Newcastle United for the free signing of Paul Pogba, Paddy. Should I wipe my arse of that newspaper or should I put it on the wall? It didn't say we were going to rival them. They said we were monitoring the situation. Yes, now, what the fuck sorry, does yeah. that mean? It means we're reading the news like everybody else because that's all that's happening with this transfer. There is absolutely no way on God's green earth that Paul Pogba is a Steven Gerrard type player. I reckon it would take two weeks for the two of them to come to blows. It's not happening. Forget about it. I don't even want to talk about it. (laughs) Good. Paul Pogba, done. I'm crossing off my list here as I go. Now, next one, Paddy. Apparently, apparently we're ready to go gung-ho, two-footed, all the way in. With a big, 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 big wage packet for Calvin Phillips. Now, should, should Leeds go down? Should Leeds go down, uh, admittedly. Oh, Paddy, it's come up in a lot of team sheet tantrums. It's come up in a lot of places that if we had just had a Calvin Phillips, what would Aston Villa be like? I'm signed up. Like, I, like, you, I know that stuff is harsh shit that we read, but I get giddy every time I read it because there ain't anybody. Provided he's on the field, his injury record scares the living shit out of me. But provided that he's on the field, he's really good. He's better than Declan Rice when he's on the field at what he does. The most important thing you said there was, should Leeds go down? Leeds aren't going down. Leeds are not going to go down. So, for me, I don't think it's going to happen. So... I I would I would just leave it. I, I I wouldn't even talk about it until, like, everybody's saying should Leeds go down. Who's who, who? Where did that come from? You know, I I don't I don't think Leeds would be in a position to turn down a sixty million bid. Should we decide to go and do it, regardless of whether in the Premier League or in the Championship? I think that's a huge amount of money to go and rebuild the team. Is he worth it? In today's market, probably yes. If you're telling me we can buy we can buy him or Basuma for the same amount of money, I'm buying him all day long. Oh, every day of the week I'm buying him. Yeah. Now I am a little bit as you like you're correct to say it, I'm a little bit worried about the injury record. I would need to have a look at it a bit more and see where he's picking them up or whatever. But that would be the only thing that worries me about that signing. Other than that, he'd be a cracking signing. Oh, I'd love him. I'd love him at Villa. And I'll tell you, like like and I know I like look. The chances of it happening are the chances of me open sticks and starting, <clears throat> I don't know, a successful tech company in Outer Mongolia. Like, 
but a man can still dream. Like the way that the way that recent, when we were playing well, Douglas Louise was dropping back in between the two center halves when we were in defense and we were creating a trade back. Could you imagine Kevin Phillips doing that with Kanza or Chambers? Sorry, Paddy, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Kanza <laughs> or Chambers beside, uh, and Mings the other side of him. It's just like like Kevin Phillips when he played center half for Leeds was really good. Kevin Phillips when he played defensive midfielder for Leeds was really good. Kevin Phillips was was England's best player in the in in the in the Euros just gone. Well, maybe 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 Sterling, um, but Kevin Phillips is the one that everybody said, yeah, eight out of ten every single game. He's yeah. just brilliant. Like he's just really, really, really good. And we missed the trick trick by not going to 32, 33, 34 million when we first came up into the Premier League and just going balls out to sign him. You know, we missed the trick. Now he apparently he's accepted. He turned us down. I'm not one of these players that people that says, Oh, he turned us down before, I'd never sign him again. That's cutting off your nose to spite your face. If he can get better, mm-hmm. get better. I just never think in a million years, Calvin Phillips, if Calvin Phillips has a decision to make and Aston Villa is on the table, along with a resurgent Barcelona who just got like a bazillion euros off um, off Spotify or whoever, and are mad to sign players this, this summer, I think Calvin Phillips is playing somewhere else. But a boy can dream. A boy can dream. For sure. That's Calvin Phillips done. That's Calvin Phillips done. Reluctantly done. And that's an X beside his name. He's not going to sign for Aston Villa. Uh, last one I want to bring up, Paddy, is... Jesus, we're tipping over into an hour. Um, Aaron Hickey. Uh, mm-hmm. with, the, with the Scotland squad at the moment. I read a thing about him today that Villa are, Villa are going to go two-footed gung-ho in to sign him in the in the summer. Kind of bringing a full circle here, Paddy. Bringing it full circle. Matt Target ain't going to be back with us. I think bridges are burned there, and I think he's even burned the water under the bridge somewhere along the line. Um, yep. The way that, the way that he gave that interview didn't need to give that interview to Talk Sport, um, but it did. Um, oh no, can you guys still see me? All right, my my screen went off. Um, gave that interview <laughs> to Talk Sport. Um, I thought I was after blacking out there for a while. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna see another left back come in. We talk about Ashley Young. I don't think Ashley Young is gonna be the left back of the future. I think we'd all agree at that at thirty seven years of age. Aaron Hickey uh, was linked again for about the 15th million time. Uh, 12.5 million from Bologna. He, uh, the Scottish international setup are really delighted with how he's going at the moment. Um, I think that's a real gore. I actually nearly even think it's probably I, I, I nailed on mm-hmm. for the summer. It just seems like it fits, Betty, doesn't it? Oh, of course it does. 100%. Um. I, I hope he has more ambition than than his incumbent because uh, he he seems to have uh, really really muddied the waters as you say. So look, this guy has been a talent for many years. He he's been he's been admired all across Scotland. Jared would have come across him in his days at Rangers. Um, he would have his teams would have lined up against him. He seems to have his head screwed on. He's a really really good player. And you know what? What's not to like about bringing in a young player like that and molding him into one of ours? I and I think it will work because, as I mentioned, look. Well, I didn't actually mention it, but I mentioned Luca Dean is eight years and nine days, and I'm open to correction on that. But I think I'm right. I think I'm right. Mm-hmm. That eight years and nine days younger than um, Ashley Young, and that means he's going to be twenty nine in the off season. Luca Dean was signed to a five year contract. So that means Luca Dean is going to be here at least thirty three. Should we see out his contract? Now, 
I would say, given the smart way that the the or, or what I'm tending to see the way this club is going, because we're we're moving players on as well at the same time. We're not just letting players go. Well, we have had to let players go and freeze because they were just bad players that we brought in previously. We've gotten money back from the likes of Samata. Um, I like to think that the players that we brought in previously, we will still have sell-on value. It'll be interesting to see the likes of, uh, likes of Sanson. Should we sell him, will we have sell-on value for him? Um, I, I don't think Lucas Dean plays out his full contract with us, much now as I love him. I think Lucas, no. Lucas Dean will be gone. Right there. 132, he might be back playing with uh, Paris Saint-Germain, might be back playing with a, a Monaco or somebody like that, back to back to, to France. Or wherever. He can go wherever he wants. Um, but... Um, I think that might be the case. Um, the, the the big question here is: the, Are there enough minutes for Aaron Hickey between now and two years' time? When when, when I potentially see that that Aston Villa will cash in and get maybe the last get get some value out of Luka Dean when they, when they do sell him, hmm. that's going well, to be the big question. You know, yeah, well, that's the and and that's you know for for the very reason I think Matt Target is probably secretly kicking himself a little bit because he would have got more chances to get in. Luca Dean is that kind of high octane fullback who, from time to time, gets himself caught out of position and has to work that little bit harder and has picked up a few little niggly injuries. We are going to need adequate, adequate cover, and I think a clever young man could see an opportunity to come in there to uh, to to fill in when needs be. He may only get eight or nine games a year. He may only come on as a sub probably for a couple of them but you know Luca Dean very quick to get the five yellow cards too there's a suspension <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah. there's a lot of ways of, there's a lot of ways of looking at this and if if I like that there's a position I played in if I was looking at it as a youngster in that that that's how I would look at the possibility of getting into that and plus you say at 29 I think in two or three years time if, if we're offered a decent sizable not even not even what we paid for him. a decent chunk of change. I think Luca Dean would be out the door and Aaron Hickey would be in first choice. And that I that's the Luka. way a proper young lad should be looking at things. Have a little think about that, Mr. Chuck Moenka, and see what you say. But like I, I, that's 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 the way an agent should be talking to his player. You know, not not saying how much money we can get you or you know, use use the card that you're not going to you're not gonna get enough of a run in the team, blah, blah, blah. It should be Look at the bigger picture. Where can Aston Villa take you to? And I think Aston I, Villa is a perfect fit in Hickey. And I thought that even without Luca Dean, I thought it was a perfect fit. I thought he would have come in and ousted Matt Target within six, 12 months. I thought we would have done something. Sp- and, and I don't know why we don't do this in teams like City, Chelsea do it. How's when we go in and we put the wadge down on the table now? We have money. It's not like money is, is a problem for us. And yes, I know financial fair play and all that. And I know there's probably some cap mm. expert that's out there that's going to tell me this is why we can't do it. And that's fine. Please, I would love to have you on the podcast. Um, Go away, put the watch down and say, yeah, stay on you for the next 18 months and come back to us then. Or 12 months. You don't have, like, we don't have to have him sitting on the bench. For, you know, first and foremost, we can't, we can't, talk, can't talk legitimately to the club or the player. Until the season is over, till the transfer window is there, that that goes on. I know well, it goes no, on. I thought we do. I thought we do it in January when we we're heftily linked with him. And well, what should have happened? In, what should have happened in January if Bologna wanted him to stay till the summer? We said fine, keep him till the summer. 
We'll buy him. We'll loan him back to you to, for six months. He'll have him until the end of the season and we go. It didn't happen. We brought in Luca Dean and we thought we were going to have Matt Target in reserve. But the, so, the 12-18 month loan thing that Chelsea do with their players, you know, the two-year loan that the Continental, like specifically yeah, Italian teams like, do. From the player's point of view, I don't think that's any progression. I think he needs to come in and learn from what's around him. I think he needs to come into a club that, that has a huge project ahead and be the backup left back in that project. Mm. He also played in midfield, don't forget, in the past. So, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of irons in the fire with him. So for me, it's 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 not you loan him back in January when we had Matty Target, but if we're signing him in July, it's to bring him in and be understudy to, to Luca Dean. I don't know. I still nearly would loan him off for twelve months to be our to be our mm. uh, insurance policy for Luca Dean. And look, don't forget we've got yeah, and I don't, I, I don't I, think I, we're at I, the level. I don't think we're at the level of Chelsea to start doing that kind of stuff. But, as but well. I, I think at left back we potentially could be if we're going to like if we're going to have because we're not going to bring him and and I'm going to call him Ben Crescine for this for this podcast. I've gone with Crescene before another podcast. This podcast I'm going to go with Crescine. I'm going to yeah. so um, we've got him too. Lest we forget who is highly rated, played with Exeter's first team, and I know it's Exeter's first team as opposed to Bologna's first team and all that jazz, but. Yeah. Um, the club are going to need to find a, a solution for backup left back. I really hope it comes from in house. If it doesn't come from in house, Aaron Hickey is the man I want. And um, I did a podcast on him. I think he's really, really good. Um, but we'll see. I did a podcast on Tagliafico. I thought Tagliafico was really, really good. And Barcelona agreed with me because they look like they're going to sign him in the summer yeah. uh, to play left back for Barcelona. Paddy, very, very quickly, we're an hour and eight minutes. There's going to be a missing persons. Um, yeah, list put out on there <laughs> later on. Uh, and I, I've, I've I've two very important, important things I need to say before we finish too. So go on. Well, I I haven't had anything important to say since we started, Petty. So I'm gonna, <laughs> like the, so what we'll do is ask them for the internationals. Hope they all come back safe. We're going to do a rundown through Leon Bailey, all that kind of jazz and all that. Leon Bailey, fair play to you. Played really okay. Um, for for Jamaica, please come home not injured. Same with anybody else that's playing for playing for their teams, specifically for Luca Dean. Do not get injured for friends. Whatever you do, please. Mm. We're pivotal to this team. People more pivotal than anybody knows. So please come back not injured. Paddy, what are your uh, important things to say before we go? Well, I suppose uh, Villa and and the West Midlands itself has, has lost a couple of important figures uh, yeah. this week. The first one yeah. being. Uh, Barrington Patterson, who a lot a lot of people w- would know as One Eye Baz, who who ran with the Birmingham City Zulus back in back in the nineties. Uh, why am I mentioning him? Because well, he he was uh, he's he's good friends with a lot of Aston Villa fans out there. He's a reform, <coughs> reformed character, did an awful lot of work for charity, mm-hmm. and very well respected man around around Birmingham City itself and and Coventry, where where he worked later in life. And and the second person. Um, is Andy Lockhead uh, and Andy died um, last Wednesday, yeah. um, age eighty one. Um, a lot, a lot of the older people would know Andy Lockhead, and 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 if you ever, um, if you ever speak to them, you see their eyes light up when they talk about Andy Lockhead. He's just one of those characters, you know. He, he was he was a, a Alan McAnally type character. He was a big, burly Scottish centre forward. Um, Played 131 times for Aston Villa, scoring 34 goals. And he scored 19 goals in one season, the season that got us back into the, the, the old Division 2 back in 1972. So very affectionately known in, in, 
in the, the older generation, we call him. He was he was even mm. before my time, Neil, which says a lot. But um, what 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 a player, what a guy. Um, more, more well known for playing with Burnley, but is has a huge um part of Aston Villa's history. Um written on his tombstone so uh, rest in peace Andy Lockhead um, fondly remembered by, by all the Villa uh, contingent and if you, if, you, if you don't go back and read about him because it's an incredible story I think he might even be on my clock back there I was just trying to see that wonderful clock that was given to me by um, by John by John Steele I think he must have been doing a clean out and he went what the hell is this <laughs> yeah it's a uh, David Gillas on the clock. So, <laughs> and Bosco Balaman. Is Bosco Balaman? Oh, he is too. Jeez. He is. Alpe is there too. Yeah. yeah. Actually, do you know well, what? We, that could be Paddy. We we nearly give away a seat. Lads, we give away a season ticket if you can name everybody on that clock because <laughs> some of them are like very oh. much. Open. And the re- the reason I, me- I mentioned Andy Lockhead, you see Herelio Gomez there. Watched yeah. them at Villa Park a long time. We we have a lot of people of, of that age group that would have would have seen him play. Um, I, I got a few messages this week from people who thought I was much older and saw him play. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint them, but you know I'm more than happy to, to say it on the podcast because uh, you know while he lived to be a right old age, he he's going to be a loss. He's been in around Villa Park a lot over over the last few years. Unfortunately, he he passed last Wednesday. So rest in peace, Andy Lockett. Absolutely. That's going to do it, I think, Paddy, for the podcast. Um, yeah, as I said, it's been a while since we were here. It's been jeepers. It's been ten days. Fifteenth March was the last time we did. I think that that must that could be a record since February of twenty nineteen. That could be a record for the amount of time that we haven't done a podcast. Um, but I'll be honest with you. I just said to Paddy beforehand. I didn't. I watched the Villa Arsenal game. I didn't watch a drop of soccer between now and then, or football. Sorry, um, between between then and uh, and now. Uh, but actually, I did. I tell a lie because I watched the Ireland in the nineteens and the uh, and England in the nineteens. But sometimes that little bit of recalibration can be good. Um, and we go for the soul, and and uh, I certainly didn't check in an awful lot Aston Villa uh, news. But the reason I did it was because so that I could come back and get giddy about the likes of Calvin Phillips never coming to the club, you know, <laughs> and that kind of stuff is is is, is great. Um, and and I would recommend the 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 the, the, the international break sometimes can be a great time for people to do that because it's given me great foresight in where I think the club is going to go in the future. I think it's given me great foresight in what I expect from the club over the last the last few games. And um, you know, I'm. That we're going to be gung ho from here on in. There may be one or two other games we may not get to do team sheet tantrums for. With um, I'll be honest with you, I've got invited to more weddings at short notice over the next <laughs> bloody couple of months. No, sorry, if anybody's listening to it, I didn't mean bloody next couple of months, as in I don't want to go to your wedding. I certainly want to go to your wedding. Invite me to more <laughs> weddings, in fact, but just put them on Fridays or Sundays. Game days the Villa Iron played. That would be fantastic. Um, but uh, there may be one or two team sheet tantrums that oh, well, I don't, I'm not gonna say they're not gonna be on, but I, I may not be around for them, but just because of because of reasons there, unless you want to see me in the full three piece, that'd be fine, that'd be fine too. Um, but uh, we will try and bring bring this uh, season to a close with you guys with uh, the full schedule of um, of uh, podcasts and also 
Um, if there's anybody out there that wants us to try and cover a topic or anything like that, please hit us up. Hit me up in the DMs. You know, just give us a let us know what you want us to discuss. I've mm. threatened for years on end almost at this stage. I don't even know what I do it. Will I just keep on saying I'm going to do the podcast on the on the deamortization of contracts? I don't know what I do it at this stage. It might just be one of these running jokes that we have. In just the podcast. be talking about it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can try. I'll try and convince you all I did it, and you watch the podcast, and and, and I never actually do it. Um, but if there's anything out there that we can try and get our claws into, let us know about it. I have been beavering away in the background with a list of players, so be be watching out for the summer. There's going to be a lot of transfer stuff. There's going to be a lot of me doing scouting on players. I just love it. Love watching players. Love trying to get to know them a small bit better. They may never sign for Aston Villa, but. There'll be a nice 20 minutes, 15 minute podcasts um, to keep everybody um, on their toes over the, over the summer. But uh, thanks for bearing with us over the last 10, 10 days, guys, of no podcasts. Um, sometimes a recalibration is good and I would recommend it for the soul to everybody. But um, really appreciate everything you do for the podcast as always, guys. Thanks so much. We're going to have a few days, I suppose, where we won't have anything coming up. Uh, might, I might actually drop one of those player, those player profiles in, in, in the next few days just to see how they go down. Um, but uh, thanks so much. As I say to everybody, you've been legends, and um, all that's left to say. Oh, wait a minute, Del Boy, wowzers, Del Boy, thank you so much, <laughs> Christ above, Del, thank you a million. And I, 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 I don't know if you made a mistake, Del Boy, I'm gonna be honest, <laughs> but if you did, now meet you in Villa Park, the point turn me, thanks a million. Cheers, um, Delroy. Oh, actually, just before we go as well, just before we go, there was a guy there, Gaz.v. Um, I just want to say a shout out. Thank you so much. Leeds fan just happened to tune in. We just happened to be talking about Calvin Phillips on it. I was on the Just Joe podcast. I, I go on with, with a Leeds fan every so often. Um, just Joe is a really, really good guy. I give perspective of Aston Villa and and and, and non-Leeds stuff. Um, and it's great to see cross cross pollination of fans like that because we don't hate any team. Yeah, we might say that Lacazette's a bollocks or whatever, and that's fine too. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, football's for everybody, and we want to we want, uh, and it's great to see other fans uh, popping on and, and, and joining us here. It's refreshing to have one come in and be cool and calm instead of just coming in with the abuse. So thank you very yeah. much, guys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And Del Boy, once again, thank you so much. That's that's amazing. Thank you. Just great way to end the podcast. Just say thank you very much to everybody and have a fantastic weekend. And hopefully the sun shines in your part of the country or the world. But that's going to do us for tonight, everyone. An hour and 16 minutes. It's been a while since we've done one of those. Thanks so much, everybody. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.